Dungeons and Dopamine. Ta-da! Hi, this is Bree. I'm Jess. And this is Dungeons and, and Dopamine. Dopamine. You said your name and stopped so I could say mine. And I was just sitting here like, Doom, you were like, yeah, that is your name. Yeah, cool. That's such a nice name. It's too bad you can't ever find keychains with your Never. name. Never. Or license plates or pens. One time you brought me home from Disney World a Woody Woodpecker shot glass yeah. that said B, B E A, which worked. Because yeah. back then a lot of people did call me B. Yeah, or BB. Mm-hmm. And I called you Brio, which yep. it was just missing the R. I was yeah. like, super excited because I was like, it's so close. It's close enough. <laughs> it worked. I surprisingly don't still have that. It probably I probably got, broke it. Yeah, I'd say it probably got broken mm-hmm. sometime. Yeah. There was a lot of moves in my life. Well, and there was this period in your 20s where you probably were using the shot glass. Oh, yeah. Where and then there like, was also that time in my 20s where I sold all of my belongings yeah. and yeah. lived in a van for six weeks. Down by the river! I wish. Would have been way cooler. Chris Farley would be so disappointed in you. I know. I never made it to the river. Just the alley. I just lived in a van in an alley. I mean, that sounds worse. It does. A river would have been way better. (laughs) You should claim that you started the living in your van trend. Because you did. I kind of did. You started it before it was cool. Yeah. It's like I wore ties before Avril Lavigne. That's true. And remember your seatbelt belt? I still have that. I think about that all the time. I love that. I was so jealous of it. I wore it for my senior photos. I still have it. I'm positive. I could probably barely get around any part of me at this point. Maybe my neck. (laughs) And we were at Frankenmuth, and Ryan found one that's Ninja Turtles. It's not as cool. It doesn't have all the pop caps on it. But, yeah, that belt was iconic. It was amazing. And the ties, much better than the trends I followed, or tried to make. (laughs) Rubber bands, pumpkin-colored jackets. I just got lucky. Like, I started wearing a tie as a belt, and then Avril Lavigne did it. (laughs) And then it was cool. Right. You were a trendsetter. It was those kind of things that always made me feel like the Truman Show. Which is probably the single most worst movie of our childhood because it made me so paranoid for so many... There are still days where if something that I talk about recently... Like the Titanic thing. When when you talked about Titanic on the podcast and a few weeks later that submarine blew up, I went back to my days where I was like, we are obviously the characters on the Truman Show. And... It's it just same. starts my paranoia all over again. The walled city of Kowloon. So, <laughs> Ryan and I were editing that episode, and it was going to release on Wednesday. And on Tuesday, Jacksepticeye posted a video <laughs> of him playing a video game based in the walled city of Kowloon. Yep. What because the we heck? are the characters on The Truman Show. And it then is you messaged the... me, and you were like, Stop telling the future. Yeah. It, it's the Dobbin Griffiths slash Fagin Worsniak show. It has been watching us since we were children. I'm sure of it. 
It's insane. Mm-hmm. Freaks me out. I think about this. It, actually, the only reason I'm not still super freaked out about it is because I read in Reddit one day, like, 30 other people that have also, <laughs> from our generation, been paranoid that they are being watched without knowing it as well. I mean, and in the day and, day and age we live in, maybe we are being watched and we don't know. It's true. I mean, it's true. my phone listens to everything I say. Yeah. So. Yeah, I'll talk about, like, I think we're going to buy a new toaster. And then I have <laughs> ads for toasters. All the toasters. Or my dad came over once and he showed me a la- laser engraver that he was looking at. <laughs> and because he showed me on our... Using your Wi-Fi? Now I get engravers. Mm-hmm. I, and I used to think it was... So another part that used to freak me out, like Facebook... I would be talking about, or I would see somebody I hadn't thought about in a while, and I would talk about it with somebody, and then all of a sudden they would show up on my, like, people you may know. But it's because the algorithm can read where your Wi-Fi was connected or where your service was, and it is connecting you to people that were in the same area as you at the same time. Didn't a rumor also happen at one point that the people it like suggests as friends were people that had just viewed your profile yeah like they were stalking your profile and that's why they popped up i don't know i don't i can't imagine that's true yeah there have been people that have popped up that i've like i've never heard of that person and i find out that like friends with zach yeah they have one mutual friend with a mutual friend of mine yeah that that seems more likely or like we were both at Meyer at the same time yes, and so it put yeah. us in the same proximity and then they pop up or on the same day or they were your ship shoppers <laughs> i would love to find my ship shopper on facebook my ship shopper is the best is this joe yeah did i tell you he was my ship shopper at literally after we talked about this on an episode <laughs> because we are on the truman show it's true it just never ends joe's the producer <laughs> <laughs> he wanted a cameo <laughs> Yeah, I love Joe. I love Joe, and he has a friend, Daniel, and they fight over our orders. <laughs> really? <laughs> We're not, like, great shippers. I mean, shippers? tippers. We're not great shippers. We're not great tippers or anything. We do, like, like the average. But it's because you make friends no matter <laughs> what you do. So in, when I send messages to my shipped person, it's usually, like, they tell me there's something not available, they offer me suggestions, and I say things like, oh... You can skip it, thanks, or, hey, that one would be great, thanks, and I say thank you about a hundred times. I assume your shipped conversations are more like, hey, I'm your shipped shopper, Joe, even if it was, I'm your shipped shopper, Sam, I hope you're doing well today, and I bet your response is like, hey, Sam, I'm Jessica, I hope you're doing really well today, too. It is a beautiful day outside, isn't it? Look. Do you ask them how busy the store is? I don't. (laughs) But (laughs) I'm usually like, hey, Sam, thanks. And then she'll be like, I'm really sorry. They're out of this. And I'll be like, oh, totally not your fault. I get it. The store never has those. (laughs) And then I hit your mic. (laughs) Or I flip the table over. (laughs) (laughs) Or like. Oh, they don't have this, like, cupcake or something that you wanted. And I'm like, oh, I guess that means I wasn't supposed to have them. <laughs> and I just, they're, I don't know, okay? I don't know. I don't know what I do to these people. 
Or they show up to deliver your groceries and instead of hiding in the house and letting them put them on your porch like I do, you meet them at the door. I've only met Joe once. Oh, okay. In person. Um, but, like, so... The problem I have where I make friends... Ryan also has. <laughs> he needs me there to take that first step. Oh, yes. Yes, I could see this. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So then once I take that first step, he... Keeps them. Yeah. Yeah. I see. So you have created the perfect symbiotic relationship, <laughs> you and Ryan, where you start it and Ryan catches the person and then friends forever. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I said symbiotic and not parasitic, <laughs> so it was a compliment. <laughs> I appreciate it. It is beneficial to everybody. <laughs> Except my levels of energy. <laughs> it's not beneficial to that. I was just thinking about that today. Thinking about like having energy for people. And how I really enjoy having all the friends I have. But at this point in my life, I only have energy for so many people. Yeah. So while you might get text messages from me all day long, I have other friends that I talk to like once a week because my energy level is just not there. And I it feels bad, but I have a lot going on with you right now. You right. help me with my my marketing on with my real estate and we're doing this together and our children are the same age and our children are best friends and now our husbands are trying to actually find Friend. like interests together. So there's just a lot of connections. And yes. then I think of people that I used to work with and I'm like I was supposed to have lunch with Wanda like two years ago and I keep forgetting to text her back. So sorry, Wanda, if you still listen. I know you listened at least once. I'm also sorry. <laughs> Jessica steals all of my energy. I need someone to absorb energy from. And she's been around so long. Just... It's another symbiotic relationship. <laughs> well, in that case, it'd probably be parasitic. <laughs> Good point. Quit it's it. not beneficial for everybody. No, because I definitely feed off your energy as well. Fair enough, fair enough. Jessica and I could both be in awful moods, and then we get around each other. And while that mood might stay kind of cranky for a while, while we vent to each other, by the end of it, we are definitely giggling. We also realized today that we picked the same <laughs> ridiculous watch face for our the same watches that we both have. <laughs> and it's a dragon. So it's, it's not like we both picked a normal watch face or a flower or <laughs> anything normal. They're dragons. Yeah. And he moves. She moves her little feet. <laughs> it's so cute. Her wings move. It she thinks about once. things. It switched to a panda a yeah. couple weeks ago, and I was like, um, no. <laughs> Pandas aren't dragons. Yeah. So pandas um, always make me think of that scene in Mulan. <laughs> um, your average listener will not probably hear most of what just happened. <laughs> but... I to cut try. a whole section of Jessica and I just laughing because we can't control ourselves. I'm crying, and then I had to pull up the YouTube. Video. So back to a normal week. This week, last yes. week, we did some banter about unpopular opinions. We got all fired up. It was great. 
which and we proved to ourselves that we can have two hours of just us talking <laughs> to each other. Not sure we ever doubted it, but True. if anybody else ever has. Yeah. That's that was all off the cuff. I mean yeah. it does get edited by Jessica yes. afterwards, but it's mostly because we cannot put out two hour episodes every week. True. You guys would hate us. So Jessica's awesome. She does all our editing. Yay! Music is added by Argyle Pigeon Productions slash Ryan, who is also our hero. (laughs) And someday when we're rich enough to have equipment that my husband cares about, we'll We'll be able to thank him too, because he'll help set all of that up. So this week for me is another real estate week. Did you have anything else that brought you dopamine before we jump into topics? Am I supposed to? I don't know. Oh, okay. I just wanted to make sure I wasn't forgetting <laughs> something. Um, no. <laughs> Good. This week is sucked. <laughs> Worst week ever. I mean, I just gave myself a dopamine overload <laughs> with that panda moment mm-hmm. and... Pandemonium, if you will. <laughs> exactly. So no, no more extra dopamine. And I can't think of it because I overloaded myself. <laughs> right. Too much dopamine. I'm not bringing it back down. Sorry. No. This is a real estate week, but I didn't want to talk about a normal real estate topic. I feel like I've been very fact-based the last couple weeks, um, besides last week, and I wanted to not do that anymore. I'm very excited about this this topic, anyway. And I'm afraid I might butt in a lot. I mean, this is kind of your topic as well. We even t- we did talk about it last week on the unpopular opinions a little bit. Yep. And honestly, a lot of what has given me the permission to give myself permission to do this comes from my conversations with you Woo-hoo. and what you do with your decorating because you have always. I mean, we've talked before about how your obsessions are lifelong obsessions. Yes. But you have adulted those obsessions really well. You have created decor in your house, collected things that really aged with you versus just looking like those cheap dolphin statues that you could get from that <laughs> weird station? five and dime store we had. Yeah. Variety store. That's the word I'm looking for. Yeah. But you don't do that anymore. You don't have a bunch of decor from variety stores. You have made it age well with you. So you, you don't like, you went from having posters all over your wall to now you have like framed artwork of pizza dinosaurs and it's incredible. So my topic this week is making your home work for you. And obviously I'm going to talk a lot about how my husband and I made our house work for us because that is what I have experience in. But I'm also going to talk about how that affects me as a realtor and Mm. the decisions I make based on real estate. To start, this became a thing for my husband and I because I we bought a house we bought our forever house because of the land it's on and the garage it has the house had the only thing it had that was on our like have to have list is it had a dishwasher and a second bathroom and it had at least three bedrooms other than that it is really not built really well for our family it was built in the 90s there's basically no storage our bedroom is right across the hall from our son's bedroom but and if you didn't want him there he's all the way downstairs right next to the the front door door. yeah and then there's a basement but there's no like they didn't run any water to the basement you can't there's not a bathroom down there it's 
just not a very efficient house but it's my house it is our forever house we bought it because as hippie as the sound the land spoke to us it reminds me of my childhood it reminds me of where i grew up and the garage was big enough to fit all of my husband's stuff in well and i i always think like you can fix a house you can't fix the land exactly and it's as I mentioned, we're in the middle of nowhere. We have no neighbors, which is really the important part when we were house searching. Unless you're really wealthy. Like, Ryan did not like our house when he looked at it because it needed a lot of work, mm-hmm. but it has land. Every other house we could afford that didn't need work had no land. Exactly. So, we lived in this house for a while, and Obviously, those first few years were crazy anyway, because we had had Connor. We moved in to this house in April of 2016, and we had Connor in August of 2016. So we spent a few years just surviving, making sure the house was baby-proofed, and just trying to generally keep our child alive, old enough to get older. But it hit a point where I couldn't house anymore. It... For me, with my ADHD, and something I'm starting to research as a topic for this, is I have a lot of issues with things that are inefficient. And because our house doesn't have storage, and because of the way it's set up, our house has always been inefficient. I have to go upstairs to put clothes away, but the laundry's on the main floor. There's just no space. There's no storage. Nothing's functional. The the kitchen used to be awful. There wasn't enough place to put everything the way our family works, it just wasn't working for us. And when I get stressed out and pushed down under these inefficient things, I shut down. So it wasn't that we had a dirty house. It was that I didn't want to do anything with the house because it wasn't working for me. Sure. And that's not great. That's not a good way to live. It ended up becoming an issue to the point where like, I had a whole room that used to be a spare bedroom and then it was an office and just until a few months ago we called it the doom room which if you have been watching ADHD TikTok doom room now or doom now stands for don't organize only move so everything we didn't have a place for went into this room pretty soon the only way to get into this room there was like a small pathway it looked it looked like a hoarder's room and the reason for that is we weren't using our house for us. We were using our house the way it came and we were still stuck in this idea of having to do what everybody else is doing. Magazine. Yeah. This I have to have a magazine house. Yes. The so. counters have to be cleared off. Everything has to have a place. Everything had to be behind closed cabinets. I didn't even do a lot of decorating or like tchotchke type stuff because it felt cluttery, it didn't feel like me. I struggled with it a lot and it really dampened how we felt about the house. Sure. Because we didn't love it. We didn't feel at home, we didn't feel comfortable. You're uncomfortable, it's not personal because you can't decorate. Right. And you've got junk everywhere because you can't properly put it away. And then my brain just stops working. Yep. (laughs) So I don't want to say we just suddenly fell into this, but we never had considered anything beyond like paint colors we weren't renovating anything we weren't tearing anything out we were still trying to have that magazine feel even if we were embracing bright colors so recently someone turned me on to 
a Facebook group called Moody Maximalism. And Moody Maximalism is basically the opposite of this minimalism movement that we've been feeling for so long. It immediately appealed to me. And I thought it appealed to me because it's a little chaotic, it's a little cluttery, it's a lot of books and stuff. And we have a lot of books and stuff that I did want to display, but I didn't think I should. But what it actually ended up being is it's more of a, it's more than a personality. It's more than a embracing yourself and your likes and your, your personality and spreading it around your house. It's perfect for ADHD because our biggest problem in my family, all three of us are ADHD. If you put something behind a closed door, we forget it exists. Yep. So we had in our doom room, board games, puzzles, art supplies, all of these things that we wanted to keep and we wanted to use and we wanted to improve our lives with. But the minute it went somewhere where we didn't see it on a regular basis, we it forgot gone. it exists. Yeah. Yep. So. And then you go buy a new one. Yes. Like, how come we never have family board game night? Let's go to Target and buy three games that you might already have. Or, or you, you have get games there you've never and touched. you're like, oh, remember last time we did this? We bought this game and we've never played it. Yeah. Or didn't I get you this for Christmas? What did we do with that? Where is and we were finding that happening all the time. Uh, we felt a lot of guilt with it with Connor. Because sure. people would give him games or art supplies or things to use, you know, building things, kits. And we would put them in a cupboard and we would forget they would exist. And then my dad and my stepmom would come over and ask about the birdhouse they gave him for Easter. And I'd be like, oh yeah, we put that in a cupboard and forgot it exists. Forgot it exists. And now it's been two years and he's never built this birdhouse. So it started with moody maximalism. It started with us embracing the fact that we have busy personalities and we like stuff. And we're both nerds. We're all nerds. Uh -huh. and we are a family of nerds. So we started adding bookshelves and we started adding books and we started adding book nerd things, you know, bookshe bookshelf alleys that are just little light up things for our bookshelves. And we started decorating that Love way. Those. And then the houseplants happened. So you started to see a lot more houseplants, a lot more greenery. And now I walk into our living room and we have all of our board games displayed. Most of them. We can't display all of them. <laughs> we have storage inside our furniture. So we have a coffee table that can hold our games. We have all of our books displayed. We have little things that make us happy that tell you who we are. Yeah. That illustrate who we are. Pictures. We have charging stations in two areas in our living room. We added furniture. We actually have an old end table that probably used to hold a record player because oh. the, the top lifts up. Sure. And you used to be able to put a record player there. Now we use it as a charging station. We started keeping out like Christmas decorations that weren't Christmassy because they bring us joy. They were given to us by someone that we loved or picked out for us for specific reasons and they fit in with our decor we have a whole wally decor area near all my plants now because you know wally needs sun so it makes sense that he would be with the plants why were we hiding all of those for right. most of the year why were we only dragging these things out for four weeks a year to display christmas decorations that are themed ornaments and 
if they are not overtly Santa hatted or covered in Christmas lights, say Merry Christmas on them. Get them out and use them all year. Yes. I buy them at clearance, the Hallmark ones, at the end of the year. Because, like, the Star Wars ones and stuff are on clearance. They're 75 to 80% off. Or they do a markdown where they all their Christmas ornaments are $2.99. That's, and these ornaments can cost you $20 to $75 just, during Christmas time. I just saw one the other day that's baller. It's a Christmas ornament, and it's Han Solo and Leia right before Han Solo gets frozen in carbonite. Mm-hmm. And he says, she says, I love you. He says, I know. Then he goes down, and then he comes back up in carbonite. In an ornament. <laughs> it's $65. That's actually, I expected it to be way more expensive. Right? <laughs> no, it's not bad at all, but don't tuck these things away. We have superheroes. We have Star Wars. Mm-hmm. Yeah, sorry. Mm-hmm. <laughs> exactly. I'm, I'm okay. And so, so we started pulling those things out. We put bookshelves on literally three full walls in my in my house, so it's just all books and all shelves all the time, so we can see our things, we know where they are. We brought an outdoor egg chair into our living room, and oh. I decorated it with Christmas lights. I love that And chair. now we have a little pod in the house that, honestly, you can drape blankets over, and it becomes a quiet little fort with some lights in there. It's a great sensory pod for a kid that can get overstimulated a lot or adults that can get overstimulated a lot and this again is something that should be expected to be on our back deck and should be lawn furniture and should not be it you know who thinks of putting an egg chair in their living room that seems weird no it's the it is good for our family it is a tool for our family and honestly who doesn't want a cool little fort to be able to sit and read in other things we have done my husband is very into music and we want to raise a child that is very into music. So we keep a lot of our acoustic type instruments upstairs. We there we have a spot to hang an acoustic guitar on the wall. We Any of the children's instruments we get that don't need to be plugged in or aren't especially loud live upstairs. Because when we put all of the musical instruments in the basement, nobody touches them. Right. Nobody thinks about them. I mentioned that we put all our games in the coffee table that sits right in front of where we sit so we can't make the excuse oh we could be playing uno but then we'd have to get up and get it or we don't know where it is or we have to go downstairs to the game room to get it it's right there so instead of turning the tv on sometimes we can play uno with connor and we can have those moments with him without having the excuse that we have to go somewhere or get it from somewhere and the caveat here obviously is if these things aren't your style if you are one of them who is the type of person that wants the clean countertops and has a spot for everything and is minimalistic and doesn't display these type of things then do that don't listen to me don't get on moody maximalism and try to create chaos in your life if you need that put away space and you need that clean space to clear to keep your brain clear, then do it. Find more storage, find more ways to hide things. There are beautiful examples online now where you can hide your TV behind like nice looking cabinet doors or or, picture frames so you don't even have to worry about that kind of chaos in your life. So the biggest thing that came from our embracing this and making our house work for us 
embracing ourselves and what we need and what, and what works for and your what family. works for us is I stumble of course I stumbled across a TikTok and the woman in the video had was explaining her family closet and I will get into a whole nother episode eventually about my issues with laundry and how inefficient it is uh-huh. and why I always had six baskets of unfolded laundry but the very basic of it is I can keep all the clothes clean and I can get all the clothes out of the dryer, but folding and putting away takes so much time and I'd have to go in five or six different rooms to put everything away and sort everything and then put it all in drawers or hang it on hangers. And it's very frustrating and it doesn't work for my brain, but this woman's idea of a family closet, you went, hers I think was a like a giant mat master walk-in closet which I do not have the luxury of having because the 90s hated storage (laughs) she had she also probably had ADHD because I remember she focused a lot on having a lot of bins for things that did not need to be hung or folded things that can be wrinkly when you're putting clothes away in your normal house in your bedroom and you're you're putting them in you're hiding them you're putting them in dresser drawers you're putting them in closets so they have to be folded they have to be hung they have to be put in there specific in specific ways either so that they'll all fit or because we're stuck in this idea that all of your clothes should go in a dresser drawer all of your dresses should be hung all of your pants should be folded this specific way she didn't care about any of that she had bins for pajamas and tank tops and like white t-shirts and things that it doesn't matter if they get wrinkled or they can't wrinkle leggings just all these things that I was rolling or folding or you know putting into drawers so it took a while again I had a whole doom room to empty but as we began to embrace the moody maximalism I got to bring some of those things out of my doom room and into my living room like all those board games those puzzles the things that were put away because they shouldn't be viewed in a house. Those got to come out, which meant I started to have my third bedroom back. I started to gain that room back. I got a lot of photos when you started cleaning the room. Yes, and maybe I'll be brave enough to post them for this episode. But I convinced my husband that we were going to have a family closet, and he was not super on board with the idea at first. It sounds a little weird. But we are lucky in the fact that we have this spare room, and it is also located directly across from the bathroom we use primarily. So as long as we all have bathrobes, it's not like Connor has to be in there while I'm changing. Nobody's in there, you know, fighting over who's in their underwear or who sees what. We have bathrobes. If you have a guest, they're yeah. not <laughs> watching you guys run nakedly right. across the hall. <laughs> I, don't, I don't get stuck without clothes it's all right across the hall from each other so and we did it we turned this room it's it's not completely done and it has to still hold some of my office stuff and like our deep freeze and our spare refrigerator is in there but we brought all of our clothes into this room we brought all the dressers we had been using now live in that room my husband built me hanging racks for all of our t-shirts and i have a huge rack for my dresses and we moved every bit of clothing and our shoes and our winter like coats and stuff into one room. Nice. And let me tell you, it has completely changed how I feel about laundry. I can put a load of clo- or a, a basket of clothes away in about seven minutes. 
it I stand in one place primarily to put all my clothes away because they're all within reach except for my dresses that I have to hang which takes me all of six steps to get to I have a separate place for seasonal stuff I have bins for all the stuff that doesn't need to be folded I love it this is the first time in my adult life that I have not struggled to finish the laundry process it's not just six laundry baskets living around my house. I actually am able to function and get things done and not have that clutter. It also, by proxy, I don't think that's the right word, it also, because we cleaned out all of the clothes in our bedrooms, it makes our bedrooms feel less chaotic because we don't have the extra clothes in there. We don't have dirty clothes in our bedroom anymore. So. I don't have to worry about walking in and be feeling chaos because there's clothes everywhere, trying to remember if they're dirty or if they're clean or if they just need to be put away or if they're too wrinkly to be put away now and they need to be full ironed or like I ever pick up an iron. <laughs> like they Do need you... to be re-dried to get the wrinkles out. <laughs> right. Or hung in the shower while you're showering. <laughs> right. Do you... Are you able to leave your winter and your summer clothes? Because that is one thing we have to do is switch out every season. So one thing I did do for myself is I purged a lot of my wardrobe before this. And this was part of my personal journey and also part of me becoming a librarian as an adult. <laughs> I changed my entire wardrobe to basically be dresses and oversized sweaters which really lessened how much different clothes I had for seasonal. Gotcha. I can okay. wear the same set of clothes in the summer and the winter now. I just have to add leggings and a sweater. Gotcha. Whereas before, it probably wouldn't have worked in our house in the way we have it set up because we would have had to probably keep clothes upstairs in the bedrooms that were out of season and switch them out, and I'm never going to do that. And the boys are pretty easy you know, Zach adds some flannel, flannel shirts when it gets cold out. Connor adds a sweatshirt and a winter coat. So we don't have too much of that, but that was a personal choice I had to make and would probably be a struggle for some people. So you might need a backup storage area for that or less clothes. I don't know. <laughs> well, and I, I'm picturing your room and I'm thinking if you had ran into that, underneath your hanging stuff we we like it was you and I, <laughs> you guys could have done like tupperware big yes. tupperwares that you put everything in and then kind of pushed underneath there so mm -hmm. it probably still would have been fine yeah and we do have some of that like i have a, a a tupperware box that is just for like swimsuits and swimsuit okay, cover up sure and we keep it somewhere r really easily accessible for the summer but it'll go somewhere else for the winter sure. and something else will go there that's easily accessible we also because we were able to fit so much of it in one room i was able to clean out our mudroom closet oh because all of our coats and our seasonal stuff went into the closet room which gave me space to be now i have to go bags basically i have a mm. beach bag that I just always keep full of our beach stuff, some sunscreen, um, the goggles and masks, towels. You know, I wash the towels, I put them right back into the beach bag. I have, a, I have a place that the beach bag sits. I have some outdoor activities like water balloons or water toys are in a bag in that closet. They hang on a hanger. That's the worst part of, like, spontaneous activity. 
is, well, I, I really don't feel like getting everything together in a bag. And where's the sunscreen? And yeah. where did you leave those goggles? And that's the pain of going to the beach. Mm-hmm. It, I feel like that would improve your quality of life in a few different ways. Like making it easier to go makes you more willing. Absolutely. And if I'm not searching around in a doom room trying to yes. find everything and I can just pick up a bag and go, I can get out the door. During the summer, Connor spends a lot of work, a lot of time at work with me. So I have a bag. Oh, I mean, yeah. I can't keep it fil- filled all the time because it's a lot of snacks and electronics and things. But, but otherwise, some art supplies or toys some that he doesn't get. Fidget toys and um, coloring books or maze books, sketchbooks, things like that. And then I know I just have to add some snacks and the switch when we walk out the door in the morning. There's a spot now where he can put his backpack every day. So he comes home from school this year, He his backpack has a place to sit versus, well, we got to empty it in the kitchen and then we got to, you know, do this here and then, you know, hope that we can find it when we go to walk out the door in the morning. We can use our closets in our rooms for other things instead of clothes. I actually use, don't tell Connor, I use my room, my closet in my room to hide presents and all the gift bags and the wrapping, uh, wrapping paper and everything, which used to be in a random corner of my basement that I always hated. I have bought so many new bags and things of tissue paper because I'd rather just go to the store and buy it new than try to figure out wherever I hid the birthday paper. Well, in um, Connor's Christmas present from us last year, you were like, oh, he'll love that. Well, you meant it because you also <laughs> bought it for it. Yes, yes, I did. <laughs> and it was in a random box that yeah. I was hiding presents in. And of course, by the time lost. you came across it, you, were, you weren't thinking about what we had gotten him. Right. So you never even thought of it. <laughs> so... We're lu- Again, we're lucky in the fact that we had that extra bedroom to be able to do that, to open up the space for us and help with our chaos. We're also lucky in the fact that we don't have extra kids that would need that room. Right. We don't... You don't have a lot uh, of guests. All of our out. family lives close by, so we don't need a guest room. My job is such that a lot of it is done electronically. The little bit of paperwork I have to keep can be kept in one file cabinet. That's not going to work for everybody. Not everybody is going to have a spare room in their house that they can create whatever they want. Not everybody has the money to right. to make these changes or... Or a husband who can build the rails. Yes, or, or a handy husband that can make the things. Um, there might be workarounds. Yes. Like if you're in an apartment, maybe using like a, an expandable pole. Yes. But... And um, now they make those... We live in a great age, you guys. Seriously. Teenage Jessica and Brie would be so jealous of all of the things we can get now that we couldn't get back then. The hooks you can put on the wall that don't leave marks and still are able to hold really heavy things. So your parents don't get mad at you for putting nails in the wall. Yes. Or putting tape on the wall and ripping the paint off. Or all the pinholes. Yes. From all so of the many pinholes. wrestling posters <laughs> you had. The wrestling wallpaper that I put up with push pins when I was a teenager. And one dollar bill. The lighting. You can get um, stick-on lighting now so that you, if you have a dark corner that you're worried about, you can put lighting in there. You can choose different colored lights. A light bulb used to cost you seven dollars if you wanted the cool black light bulb to put in your basement if you wanted a Halloween party as a kid. Now for seven dollars you can buy a whole string of lights that you can turn any color you want 
and you can probably make them react to music if you wanted to just for funsies there are so many options and if you have a ton of money your your limitations you don't have any limitations you have none you can you know have someone there are organizing people that will come in and help you organize your stuff that will tell you what products you need that can help you pick things out that work for you and it if you're not in a hurry, there are some, well, for one, my advice, not that you asked, my advice <laughs> is to take your time and learn it. Because when we moved into our house, we had great ideas of what we wanted. It has 1,000% changed. Everything about what we were going to do is different. Yes. But also, and I'm not saying go buy other country products, I'm not saying buying American products, whatever, but... There are some really cool solutions that come out of Japan and China for storage because they live in a highly, highly populated area with very small dwellings. Mm -hmm. So they have some of the coolest storage stuff. Some of the furniture and the designs of the storage. Even Ikea. I know Ikea has been a thing for a while, but... Now you can get online and find IKEA hacks where they took a bookcase and they made it into like a headboard or for a, a room. Bench. Yeah, or a bent or a shoe situation. People have already figured this out for us. We don't have to you're not reinventing the wheel anymore. You just have to take the time and do the research. And a lot of the time, if you have the money to go for it and do it all at once, cool. If you don't You can still find a lot of this at thrift stores or for cheap on Amazon. Or you can find a Pinterest or something that will give you the hack to make it, even if you can't afford it. Or you'll be able to find a piece of furniture at Goodwill that you can create what you need. Or maybe find somebody, if you're not able to do it, maybe find someone local on Facebook Marketplace that can help you or yeah. or yeah. would do it for you and then you're supporting someone local versus then versus buying it brand new on Wayfair and having it show up and fall apart in three days. So this is really, I'm, I'm giving I want to give everyone permission to create a house and a home that fits you and works for you. And if you're worried about resale value, again, that's somewhere where my husband and I are very lucky. We don't ever plan to sell. Not everybody has that ability. I understand, you know, a lot of, a lot of people are still renting or they want to sell and buy something different within a few years. But there are a lot of options you have that won't affect your resale value. We already talked about, like, the removable, expandable um, shower curtain rods, basically, or curtain rods the removable hooks, the easy lighting to put in. But if you need to sit down with a realtor or an appraiser and really map out how this will affect you, we're willing to do that. I don't know anybody I would turn down if they sent me a message and said, hey, if I did this, how would that affect the resale value of my house? And if I have options for them or if I have other ideas, I'm happy to share that. Uh, even in our situation, you maybe you're in a in a life where you know you're going to sell, but you're still going to be in your house for a while. There, you can make permanent changes that can be changed. So we put racks up 
in this room for hangers that we hang stuff on. It takes up a whole corner. It would probably not look great if we were ever trying to sell it, but they come down and we just have to patch the holes and then it's a brand new wall. It looks fine. Well, and if, if it's aesthetically pleasing, but it's different or unique or you're afraid someone's not going to get it, write them instructions. Yes. Seriously. Like... We we had a really unique feature in our last house that was a Michigan cellar, but we called it our ninja cellar because you could lift up the countertop and go down into the cellar. It was crazy. It was awesome. It was really cool. We called it our ninja cellar. It was so mm-hmm. cool. But we left instructions. We just taped a piece of paper to the counter whenever someone was coming that was like, hey, if you lift this, there's a thing. It's super cool. Cellar Take down here. Yeah. And that's just a really silly example, but if you have a cool feature that someone might think is really neat, we also told every realtor to play music in the bathroom because we had a Bluetooth that your phone could connect to while you're in the bathroom so you could listen to your music while you're in the shower. Mm-hmm. And it was such a cool feature. Our our realtor, I'm doing it again, you were not working <laughs> as a realtor at that point. Um, she did it specifically during the open house to mm-hmm. make sure that people would know that it was available. And you can do that. It's okay. Yeah. And I, I think our society has gotten so stuck on what we're imagining what our houses should be. Right. People don't realize that these might be cool fe- features that other people will think are awesome too. I still, every house I go into that has a laundry chute, I point it out. And some people hate them, but I think... Number one, it's charming in an old house because it's always in an old house. But also, I don't want to carry laundry baskets up and downstairs. Right. I loved my houses that had laundry chutes. Or, you lived in a house with a vacuum system. Yes, I had central wall vac for a while. Um, it's those, even down to, at this point, um, doorbells. Yeah. Some people have removed them. Some people have left them. Some people love them. Some people hate them. So, and I've... I've dealt with enough clients, and I know plenty of realtors that have more years than I do. It's sometimes it's the weird things that really draw someone to a house. For sure, because and especially if you're maybe attached to the house and you want to feel like it's going to someone that will appreciate it or that will love it, like you have, then keep those little quirky things. It's probably not going to make enough difference in your bottom line that it's worth changing. Yep. Now, if you're talking about permanently changing rooms, so like our problem or our house would be a problem if we wanted to sell in five years and we eventually make this closet room into a full laundry room and move the washer and dryer in there. Well, we've kind of just shot ourselves in in the foot on a third bedroom, which in the school district we live in would be a problem because that's typically a family area. You want at least three bedrooms because that's what people want the minimum to be if they're going to have a family. So if we were trying to sell this house in five years, it might be an issue. But knowing that we're going to stay, even if we knew we were going to stay 10 years, it would probably still be worth it to put the washer and dryer in a bedroom. Because if you don't get rid of the old hookups, that's actually almost a feature. Yes, we can move it back. Or maybe the next family wants the same thing or it's just a family of two and they don't need that third bedroom we did that in our old house the laundry was in the kitchen which grossed me out like fair yeah we have we had a cat at the time and we had a dog and they shed and i thought the idea of putting laundry 
into the washing machine that was maybe covered in hair while I'm boiling something on the stove and it potentially floating around right skeeved me up like Mm -hmm. hated it or bringing dirty underwear into the kitchen that just that's fair yeah so we actually took our laundry uh we didn't have a lot of money and we got very fortunate that it worked out for us but we moved the laundry into a bedroom and put it in a closet that you could shut the doors Mm -hmm. now if you're running a load of laundry and you wanted to sleep in that bedroom probably not ideal right if you but had a baby and you really needed a bedroom for a baby, maybe that's fine. not the right house. Right. Right, right, right. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. But yeah, we made a risky decision, but it worked for our family. Mm-hmm. And your house sold just fine. Yeah. And yeah, they, I'm sure they didn't move it back into the kitchen. Right. So we chose the lesser of two evils and we chose what was better for us. Mm-hmm. And sometimes that was a risk we just needed to take. And I truly believe that's the way to do it. Again, if you were only going to be in your house for a couple of years, or if you're already planning on moving within the next couple of years, don't make any huge decisions that are going to cost you a lot of money. But if it's if you're going to be there for five years or more, and it's something that will make a significant difference to your family and make your life easier, I almost guarantee that when you are ready to sell, someone else is going to find that function just as useful as you do. Plenty of houses nowadays are being converted from three-bedroom to two-bedroom just to make the master bedroom or the primary bedroom bigger or give it a walk-in closet. We're Right now, we're kind of seeing the trend is people want bigger closets. They want, they want ensuite bathrooms. They don't care about the tiny little nursery room. They'd rather knock that out and make it their walk-in closet. And that's fine. Those houses still sell, and they still sell above asking. Because there are plenty of people that still think that is a, a, an improvement. They would rather have that than three bedrooms. Right. Yeah. Oh, yeah, for sure. I mean, that's it's something we've been thinking about. Mm-hmm. We would go from a, eventually a four-bedroom house back down to a three-bedroom house because we want the master bedroom to be one huge space. Mm-hmm. That's what I would do in your situation, by the yeah. way. Yeah. Um, so like a big old closet. I think the whole point of this episode, because again, it didn't take a lot of research on my on my end, is just to give per- people permission to realize that we're not living in that day and age where we need to be magazine perfect anymore. And if you are, I, for me, it probably is an age thing. We're approaching True. that yeah. middle age number, and we don't I just, feel like we have anybody to impress. Yeah, I just stopped caring. We stopped caring about impressing people. We, the people that see our house, are going to love us no matter what it looks like. They'd probably rather see it in a way that brings us joy than to see it all put away and and pristine. The every only day. reason I even saw your laundry or your closet room is because. I had to go in for the freezer. Yes. That's not something an average guest is going to right. do. That is going to be your closest friends who you either ask to go get something from your freezer or they walk into your house, comfortable as can be, <laughs> walk to your freezer, put the stuff in. They were there before it was even in, in a, a laundry closet. It was a doom room and I was still letting those people see it. So, yeah. And then if that's not something you wanted, you just shut the door. Mm-hmm. Oh, you've got some stuff to freeze? Let me put that away for you. And there was a time that there were people I didn't invite to my house because I was embarrassed of 
how they would see it because they had nice houses where everything was put away and everything was clean all the time. But one thing I realized is the only time you see other people's houses is when they're at their best. Yeah. And I know for us, if we're having a big party and there's going to be people there that maybe aren't often, it takes me two days to clean and get ready. And that's what everybody else is doing too. Exactly. And honestly, I have noticed that when you have a big party... It looks messy anyway. When we have D&D nights, my very clean kitchen counters, if they were clean that time, (laughs) get covered in our crock pots and then covered in crumbs. My urine crust. No, it was uh, Rob's garlic (laughs) bread. Yes. Covered my stove in crumbs. It was shiny and sparkly before that. Yep. It doesn't matter. No one noticed that the stove was dirty after he cut his garlic bread. They thought, ooh, garlic bread. Right. <laughs> and and if you're hanging out with people that are judging you, stop, stop hanging out with those people. For real. If you are still of that age where you're really worried about adulting and adulting well enough to, like, pass as an adult, none of us are adulting. And none of us are winning at this. If you're worried about it, you're probably doing it wrong. Mm-hmm. Because adulting is not caring about that. Yeah. Adulting is getting your daily stuff done, making your ha- your family happy, or at least providing what they need, mm-hmm. and being there and being present. Like, I would rather have you, if I were coming over, I'd rather have you all there than exhausted because your house wasn't there. Right. Or hoping nobody will go into the basement because that's where we stashed everything before everybody came over. It's We're all too busy for that these days, man. So this is my permission for you all to quit caring and to make it work for you. And, and I'm saying this as a realtor. I think there are plenty of options and plenty of decisions you can make without hurting the resale of your house I love that. I think that's great. And it is nice to hear that from a realtor because it's really easy to get, if you're thinking of selling, it's really easy to get wrapped up in the, I don't want to do all this work. Mm -hmm. Do you know who else loves housing markets? Who? The dog man of Michigan. (laughs) I bet he does. That's a total lie. (laughs) I'm never very, he's probably very judgy about decor. Very bad dog. (laughs) Bad dog. (laughs) He also doesn't have a laundry room because he doesn't wear clothes. (gasps) Dun, dun, dun. Clutching my pearls. Sounds like a very inappropriate story about a dog man that doesn't wear clothes and judges houses. (laughs) It's the story of all dogs. (laughs) Um, So you'll never guess what I'm going to talk about. I hope you were... I hope you were done. I was. Okay. I did not have a good ending transition for that, except okay. to keep telling people, you can do what you want to your house. So I decided that I was going to transition for you. Poorly. With a blatant lie. I mean, but. it was better than the transitions we had discussed prior to starting. <laughs> <laughs> so you're doing great. I'm going to turn the page. I'm going to have to cut this out. But I didn't write anything down yet. I should have. So. Get on it. I don't, I just totally blanked on everything <laughs> in the world because I started thinking of a title for the show and then I lost it. Yep. It's better than something. It is definitely better than some things. <laughs> so, 
the dog man of Michigan. Did you know that Michigan has its own scary beastie? I did not know that Michigan had its own scary beastie. Yeah. Similar I mean, to my like, grandpa told me some stories about bears and uh, yeah. what what's that? Snipes. Oh, of sure. Of course, okay, the yeah. snipes. But um, it's similar to like the the uh, Jersey Devil. Okay. You know, sort of mm-hmm. like that thing. So, our dog man, our dog man of Michigan, um, started in like the twelfth century. What? He was stalking people in Manistee the local Ottawa tribes in the area. He is said to come out every 10 years. Um, Years that end in 7. So in 2027, he will be out again. I hope we're still podcasting so that we can go on an adventure to find the Dogman. Yes! That sounds terrifying. (laughs) Let's say we're going to go on a Dogman adventure and Make s'mores and go read books in a in cute a cabin somewhere. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yep, sold. <laughs> <laughs> so, in 1887, they started to document some of these things. In 1887, in Wexford, Michigan, two lumberjacks in Wexford County witnessed a man with a dog's head while they were out working. A lot of these sightings do happen with the dog man there like lumberjacks or people working out in the woods so i mean we have a lot of that in michigan we and do. we used to have even more of that in exactly. michigan exactly lumberjacks were definitely a thing lumberjacks yeah hmm. we should make like a sexy lumberjacks calendar I, you and i <laughs> i have the perfect picture for it yes of zach <laughs> i have none of ryan but we'll work on that mm-hmm. we'll paint abs on him. You've got woods out there. We do. And we might be able to borrow or find an axe. Yeah. I'm sure I have an axe. (laughs) Perfect. And by I, I mean Zach. Because I (laughs) definitely do not have an axe. I don't believe that. You collect axes. (laughs) Surprise! Um, Again, in 1937, in Paris, Michigan, a man, this is one of the most exciting stories. A man was attacked by five dogs. He said... Mid-attack, he was able to get to his gun, and he started to fire at the dogs. And they said at that point, one of the dogs stood up on its hind legs and glared at him and ran off. Still on its back legs? Yes. Now, a similar report is in Allegan County in the 1950s. In the 1950s. And in Manistee, in, um, in Manistee and Cross Village in 1967, all, all of these reports are similar in that they describe a seven foot tall, blue eyed or amber eyed. So are there two or is it the light or, uh, bipedal canine like animal with the torso of a man in a fearsome howl that sounds like a human scream. I hate that part. Huh. <laughs> yep. He has been spotted all over Michigan, and he is mostly in the 
northwest. I was going to say, there's a lot of western Michigan names there. Yes. Which is great. Because are actually we are. Going north Manistee area <gasps> Keep your eyes next open. weekend. I know it's hear? not a year seven, but no, maybe. But there are some stories that come from non-seven years. I'll get there. Okay, it's very exciting. Uh, he also has been spotted in Wisconsin a few times. Strange. And, you know, he needs a vacation. He yeah. gets on the Milwaukee or whatever boat that goes across. Being a dog man is hard. Yeah. Judging people on their decoration choices is hard. Yeah, he needs a break too, man. There was a DJ, like an actual music DJ, okay. <laughs> <laughs> and he was a dog man. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> uh, and he was from Traverse City. He wrote a song about the legend of the dog man in 1987, but he claims that he had never heard the legend before he wrote the song, which is super like weird. The- dog man came to him in a dream right he wanted to get the knowledge of himself out there yeah yeah mm-hmm. like let's freak people out yeah um he claimed that he he wrote the song without knowing and he didn't realize it until the local radio stations were inundated with phone calls about stories about the dog man really yeah um now i already said that most reports of him are people working out in the woods uh, <laughs> as <laughs> my notes are funny um, as the story progresses and we progress as people and, and technology becomes better and better the, the reports are actually shifting with them so while something like the Yeti was always just the Yeti mm-hmm. these, he's changed his behavior reportedly as technology has changed. So, nowadays, a lot of what he does, which in my notes I accidentally misspelled it, and it says, the, the fog man. <laughs> <laughs> He's changed a lot. He is, yeah, yeah. He's, He's moving right through the alphabet. <laughs> it's just a memory. <laughs> I hope I never have to see him as the fog man. <laughs> Hog man, the log man, the log man, the bog man. <laughs> That's moving up. <laughs> you got to start over when you get to oh, see. Oh, duh. It. Yeah, yeah. It'll be bog, 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 bog. The ug man. <laughs> We're terrible at this. We are. So, uh, a lot of reports now are of him jumping in front of vehicles. As well as scratching on tents and cabins for campers out in the woods. So this is a great story for you to hear today. Yeah, yeah. Can't wait for the dog man to visit me. One of the biggest stories. Now I heard this in... I follow a guy on YouTube. He's so good. I found him when I started researching. Specifically Roanoke. He is called Roanoke Tales. He's amazing factual dude he he kind of he how do I explain him he respects the creepy aspect of these Mm -hmm. stories but he also sciences which I think he would really like yes 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 and his wife is a um a psychologist 
Ooh. or mental health professional of some sort. So she has actually guest starred on the show occasionally and talked about like the reaction of fear in your brain and mm-hmm. things like that. Why your body betrays you. Memory. Sometimes. How memories yes. can change. Ooh. He's very good. Uh, we're just going to have to stop. I'm going to go watch him now. <laughs> I got to go. <laughs> I do believe he has a podcast as well. Ooh. But um, you should also make sure you finish ours first and then go yes. to Roanoke Tales. So, anyway. So, not only did he tell this story, but I found this in a lot of reports. And I found this. It was, like, from a radio or a podcast or something. So I found the transcription from that as well. He's a trucker. His name is Joe Barger. He was... He is 59, I believe? I don't know what age he was when he told this story. But he recounted um, an adventure he had with the dogman. So he was driving along in Michigan. He was taking a load of paper... 43,000 pounds of paper from a mill in northern Michigan through the forest on a route that he's taken several times before. When he noticed that his air brakes were leaking, which is bad. You need those. You need those. I mean, we're not super hilly in Michigan, so it's not like you're going to get stuck driving down a mountain without brakes. Right. Right. you still want brakes. Still need them. And other people appreciate it when you have them, mm-hmm. especially at red lights. Yes. <laughs> so he, um, an army army veteran, he knew how to fix them. So he pulled off to a truck stop and he started fixing up his brakes. He said he felt really uncomfortable. And our brains have this super cool, but sometimes problematic thing where if you're out like hiking or something and you're being hunted by a big cat, Uh, mountain lion is very common, or a bear, your body will react because you have somehow noticed that there is a predator around. Like our caveman instincts kick in, and we can feel the predator. Exactly. It's a really cool thing that our brain does, and it might topic it sometime, but it's super cool. Like, if you listen to your body, it will tell you you are in danger. And being a Michigander, he he knew about this, and he assumed that there was a black bear. There had been sightings in the area, and he, he thought, okay, I will get this fixed up, and I'm going to get in my truck. So, he does just that. He hops into his truck, and he it was pretty light out still. It wasn't getting dark yet. He, he was getting up into his car, and... He heard a weird noise, sort of a a vocalization is how he explained it, that he had never heard a bear make. So he climbed up into his car, he was pretty, or truck, he was pretty freaked. As he gets going, the brakes are better, he's all good. He looks in his rearview mirror, like a horror movie, and he sees something keeping up with his truck. And it... A truck does not start going fast right away. Mm-hmm. It would be fairly simple for a speedy animal to do so. But this, he could see eye to eye with this thing, and he was nine foot off the ground. So, <laughs> he realized very quickly that this was not a black bear. And he said it was a wolf head that he was seeing through his window. Um, he said he was t- 
trotting next to me, and at this point, I was going 20 to 25 miles an hour. He was stooping down on two legs to look inside of my cabin. Um, this again, he reiterated, he was nine foot tall at this point. He said, on my door candle, ha- my door candle. <laughs> I carry a door candle with me. <laughs> it always makes me feel safe. <laughs> but it went can- out. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> no! <laughs> yeah. This would be a great cartoon. Um, he could hear the creature scratching at his door handle as if he was trying to open it. And if it had, like, that it had the capacity to know how to open a door. So this is his direct quote. He said, time slowed down. He said, I thought I was in an alternate reality or something because a creature like this doesn't exist in any reality I've ever known of. Uh, at this point, and, and this guy is a Christian man, which doesn't, I mean, I'm not trying to get big on that, but he swears on the Bible that this is a true retelling of something he experienced. Which, if he was a true Christian man, that would be a very big deal. Right. Um, not you don't just semantic, make that but... promise right. for funsies. Right, right, right. So, he said, I saw a lot of sharp teeth that were brilliant white. They were about three inch long fangs from bottom to top. Um, he said it was pure black with pointed ears, with yellow eyes, and human hands. That were 14 inches across. It was at least 10 feet tall, which we've learned before that he was only 7 feet tall. Mm-hmm. So is he so getting bigger? Growing? Yeah. Or was this like the big wolf man? Was Picture. he a child before <laughs> right. and now he's an adult? So he said it looked mad. The creature looked pretty mad. I mean, it was running 25 miles an hour. Right. I'd be also mad. And peering in his cabin <laughs> yeah. and scratching at his door. He said he was sneering. He wasn't making noises vocally, but the looks he was giving me and the intelligence in her eye, his eyes were telling me, I'm here to get you, and there's nothing you can do about it. So, he... So he's also very confident. Yes, exactly. <laughs> I mean, he can run 25 miles an hour. He should be. Right? <laughs> he's like, I don't know what you think you're doing, but this is already over. Exactly. You should just give up. So at this point, he... Thought about rolling up, he thought about rolling up the window and decided to instead grab his pew pew. <laughs> pew pew. Pew pew. <laughs> Not his pee pee. <laughs> his pew pew. <laughs> he grabbed his pew pew and took two shots at the creature and it fell immediately. So he looked in his rear view and it was sliding down into the weeds down the ditch. He said, I'm pretty sure I got him through the eye. So, he went down the road a little bit. He said about a mile before he was able to turn his truck around. Which, at that point, I would have just kept going. But he said he felt... Yeah, I'm not stopping to investigate. No. I'm, I'm just not altruistic hoping like it was like a bad night on my <laughs> yeah, end. Exactly. I must have eaten some bad food. I better get home. Somebody must have put something in my food or drink. Yeah. This is crazy. Be, my I'm air conditioner must be on. broken. Yeah. Carbon dioxide. <laughs> I don't know. It's rough. So he turned around and went back like a weirdo. (laughs) That's not nice. He's altruistic. Right. He felt a sense of... How did he say it? He said he felt a sense of 
that he had to do. Mm-hmm. He, he felt like he had to go and see if it was a, alive and see if what he had seen was real or, you know, kind of figure it out. Right. And protect the people around. When he got there, um, he said it, it was five minutes tops to return. And there were two people in a Jeep at the location. They claimed they had stopped to watch a few bears that had been running into the woods. Um, he had nightmares for six months following this event. Fair. Yep. Um, they have gotten less and less prevalent. But he does believe that the government is covering this up. So, you can, you know, take that to where you will. I thought it was very interesting. He's very confident in Mm -hmm. telling this story. There's a whole video you can watch about it. And I did... I, I said podcast earlier. I think it was a video that he was okay. in. A YouTube thing. But anyway. Um, the debunking I could find on this particular phenomena is that it was... It's probably a bear. Um, that your brain does some crazy mm-hmm. wild things when you're freaked. And that a lot of times bears, either with mange or coming out of hibernation, look really freaky. Yeah. And we've talked about we that have. in one of your yes. other... With the Bigfoot. Yeah. Because, same idea. Mm-hmm. So, you know, are these bears out there freaking people out? Or are we experiencing some sort of weird, monstery, cryptid, freaky thing? I want you to know that when you started talking about the dog man, the only thing I could picture was essentially some sort of goofy character <laughs> like goofy from mickey mouse <laughs> uh with that the long ears and the more big terrifying <laughs> um but when you google dog man of michigan he is definitely more werewolf than anything yes there are some but maybe with some human hands he's got some creepy depictions out there mm-hmm. i was also able to find a lot of stories that I actually am out of time. I feel like I don't have time to talk about them. But there are a lot of stories that you can link back to this dude. And yeah. uh, not and, all of them are in the and 10 years. And some kind oh. of like creepy possible pictures. Yeah. There's that... some compelling stuff out there about mm-hmm. him. Um, I I tend to not really have an opinion. <laughs> I know. I got, yeah. I got really excited a couple weeks ago talking about the Kraken, but that was because I got to talk about an ocean creature. I.e. the giant squid. Right. And I got excited. Did you see that there's a new movie out about a teenage kraken? Yes! Okay. Yes, yes. Good. It's adorable. And the mermaids are the bad guys. Mm-hmm. Spoiler, sorry. <laughs> I haven't seen it, so I... They, they get that out of the way that. pretty early. Okay. Okay, yeah. good. Um, but, yeah, I, I, wa- I would like to tell some of the stories, but I don't want to run over time for people. So go look some of them up, yeah. and maybe if I remember, I can link you a couple... And I mean, these are so when I googled it, it's newspapers writing about this. Yeah. It's like the Huron Daily Tribune and actually the Battle Creek Inquirer. I pulled info from a couple of these. Yeah. So it's not, and just... it is not the dogman of the whoever writes Captain Underpants fame. <laughs> Um, that is a different dog man. That is good, He is no. not the one from Michigan. <laughs> <laughs> so, 
So yeah, I mean, I don't have a lot of opinion on these cryptidy type of things. Mm-hmm. Um, if they exist, they are leaving people alone for the most part. So just let them be. Yeah. Let's not I mean, rile them up. Maybe it's just an old man in a costume trying to keep his just, land safe. But yeah. maybe it's a dog man. A freaky, contorted dog wolf person man werewolf yeah. hybrid thing. I mean I hope nothing comes scratching at my door when I'm up north <laughs> next week oh there's creepier <laughs> things to worry about True. than the dog man of Michigan well and isn't there yeah there are whole books about like just Michigan scary stories too there's actually a whole book about the dog man really I had it in my Amazon cart for a while but I was able to find several online um, but there are at least two books out there full of stories about the Dogman. Um, and it's probably the most compelling argument about them that I, about the cryptids in general that I found. Mm-hmm. It, not saying that I necessarily believe. <laughs> that it made a believer out of you. Yeah. But it's at least. It's the most compelling as far as an argument goes. So, um, I know this might have been, I feel like it went really fast, but look it up. It's very interesting, especially if you're from Michigan. It's a cool piece of our lore. Apparently, the Kalamazoo Valley Museum has a whole... Yes. Um, it's like a whole exhibit. Yeah. yeah this is awesome. This is really interesting. He, And there's not a lot of debunking. I mean, what most people said was like, hey... Um, people see things when they're scared and bears look freaky. Mm-hmm. Really? Oh. That's the best they got. <laughs> yeah. The, um, the Roanoke Tales guy, he, I'm so sorry I don't know his name. I feel like a jerk. Uh, I listen to him all the time. I should. Uh, he helps me a lot with our stories. <laughs> right. But he, um, is actually, if he gets to a certain amount of subscribers, he is going to come here in 2027 and not to my house. Maybe. I don't <laughs> maybe, know. Maybe we'll be I'll friends by then. Room. Yeah. And he is going to look for the dog man. I and so we happens. should probably all subscribe mm-hmm. because we want him to come. Maybe he'll come talk to us. Yeah. And we can guest star on his podcast. And, and we can all go searching for the dog man. For the dog man. Apparently, at some point, he was on Drummond Island. There's a story about the Drummond Island Dogman from 2017. Yeah, that's the other thing. A lot of these stories are so, like, now. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. and uh, I found that, like, they went from 12th century Indian tribes to today. That's... I saw him today. It's no, a I'm long time. <laughs> right. For, I mean, I maybe not. We see through history that stories tend to remain stories for a long time, I guess. Sure. But for just one state and one, and I had never even heard of it, so the fact that people are keeping it alive and it's not like Bigfoot who everyone has heard of. Right. Yeah. You, you Even it's, my kid has heard of Bigfoot. <laughs> but this is like a small Michigan yeah. thing only. Yeah, it's really interesting. I highly encourage anybody who's interested to go look at it. I highly encourage you to go like and subscribe to the dog... No, I'm sorry, the... <laughs> <laughs> Go subscribe to the Dog Man. That'll definitely get him Great to show guy. back up. Uh, the Roanoke Tales Man. And uh, sh- tell them that you're there because of us so that we can be friends. And you'll love it. It's really interesting. If you're interested mm-hmm. in this stuff, it's a fun one. 
I like you it. You can make your own choice. Question um, the narrative, if you yeah. will. Yeah. Yeah. I did Shades of Grey on our Question the Narrative. I love <laughs> it. We would like to maybe do stickers. We've got a Get High mm-hmm. sticker that I'll put out soonish. Mm-hmm. Um, or probably is out at this point. <laughs> when you're hearing Depending. This. Uh, and if anybody would be interested, let us know. Yeah. Put some merch out and see what's up. get some t-shirts made. Yeah. Some cute stickers. I love stickers. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you could put them on, like, your water bottles and yeah. bring us around places. We could sign them. Yeah. For some people. Absolutely. I never thought anyone would want me to sign any. Anybody would want me to sign anything. I mean, I sign a lot of documents at work. It's <laughs> <laughs> about as far as I thought it would go, though. I get to, I get to be memorialized in township history now because ah. I get to sign like minutes and mm-hmm. so anyway dog yeah. man dog question man. the narrative have some fun with it it's pretty cool do your own thing in your home make it your home stop caring what the media and the magazines are telling you has to be question the narrative question the narrative I slap Even my knee and the, the table. narrative about how your house should look heck yeah the media is lying to you and that's straight from Dungeons and Dopamine podcast. You can listen to us anywhere you stream podcasts and on YouTube. You can find us on Facebook, TikTok, Twitter, Insta, and Reddit. And you can reach out to us on any of those social media, or you can email us at dungeonsdopamine at yahoo.com. Dungeons and Dopamine is edited and published by Argyle Pigeon Productions. Thank Thank you. you. We We love love you. you. Okay, Bye. bye.